So, Father, in the name of Jesus, today we glorify and we magnify your precious name. Thanking you again for yet another opportunity, Lord God, that you've given us to gather as your dear children to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. That your word says, forsake not the assembly, and not, but for one reason and one reason only, and that's because the assembly of the saints is what you desire, Lord God, above all things. It's not because we desire it, we should, or anything of that sort, but it's because you desire it. It blesses you, Lord God. Your word speaks of it as a, a sweet-smelling aroma when the saints gather together. That comes up to you, Lord God, that glorifies you and bless your heart, Lord God. So that's what this is all about today, and we thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you right now, Lord God, that you would even give us of your presence, Lord God. That you will speak to us by your spirit through your word, Lord God. That it reaches and it, each and every one of us right where we are, Lord God. That it be a testament, Lord God, to that which is true, Lord God, and that which glorifies you. So I pray right now that every heart is open, Lord God. That you brought us to this point that our hearts are open to receive from you, Lord. I pray that our hearts even yearn your word, Lord God. Not for what we want it to be, but for what you are sending it to be, Lord God. That we may receive your word on our today, Lord God. And that it will accomplish what you sent it out to do, Lord God. That it changes us. That it rearranges something in our lives, Lord God. That we would never be the same. And all that is in agreement, say amen, amen, amen. In the name of Jesus, we say amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 24. Today being Resurrection Sunday, uh, in there, it has already been spoken. We know what this day represents. It represents something that is Dear, special, and matter of fact, it represents the most important thing under the sun. Somebody say, under the sun. I'm serious about today, my friend, because it, today we, it represents, and I just say a representation, because representation is just that. It represents that which we worship and, and, and serve and, and gather together for every Sunday. But today is the day that is set aside that represents that particular moment, that particular day uh, in there. So no, this ain't just the one time a year that we remember this, but this is the one time a year that we celebrate it from the standpoint of a representation. We remember when we celebrate this every Sunday, my friend, and uh, somebody has already said it, if we really know him, then this is something that we celebrate and should learn to celebrate every day. Every day that you wake up and the warm, blood is still running warm in your veins, my friend, there's nothing more important under the sun than to know that this is another day that the Lord has given us. And not just given us to, to, to achieve the American dream, but this is another day that he's given us that he may use us today as a vessel that somebody may come to know him. There's nothing more important under the sun. And as we start by allowing God to speak to my heart, the question I have for you today, are, is your life, or are you allowing, we, we can all agree that there's nothing more important under the sun, right? And if you agree with that, the question is, are you allowing that to happen every day in your life? Is that what you're living for? Is that what you wake up for? Which one of us know that you know, there's something that's very important, uh, whether it's to deal with our family, our kids, or whatever, we know that something is so important, but we, in, in that, do we choose to ignore what is important every single day? No. I'll answer that for you. Because that which is important in the natural to us, we pay much attention to it every day. Whether it's that, that we have to take our medication because we know we're going to be sick, Today, if we don't, whether it's going, waking up and knowing that I got to go to the job, because if I don't, I'm going to not have a job. Oh, 
these things in the natural that we notice important. We pay attention to them every day. But how is it then that we, being the children of the Most High God, can know and understand that there's nothing more to life or nothing bigger in life than to allow God to use you today? For just as what God King said, that the kingdom of God, because this is about the kingdom of God. See, once God has saved us and brought us out of the darkness into the marvelous light, then for him, if he leaves us here even another moment, my dear, then it's about him using you for the rest of your time or for the rest of your stay here. Somebody say stay here. See, because that's all that we have here on this earth is a, a stay here. See, when you go to stay somewhere, that means that you would go and you expect to stay there for what? A period of time that you expect to do what, Todd? At some point, you expect to leave. We only have a stay here, my friend. And it behooves us all to gather and gain the, the, the understanding that God is trying to reveal and that we don't allow anything to be more important than anything. Thing. Somebody say anything, yeah. and especially no natural thing, but anything yes. to be more important for our stay here yes. uh -huh. than what it really is. And that is, again, if you are here and you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if you are born again, come on somebody, yes, then you're only here for one reason. If that happened uh, any time in the past, there was more than a few minutes ago then you're only here for one reason. You have been preserved. You have been woken up for one reason and one reason only. And then the question that goes along with that, are you living for the reason that God woke you up this morning? Yesterday. We ain't gonna focus so much on yesterday, but today, and guess what? If he wakes us up tomorrow, I would, my prayer is that each and every one of us Wake up living for what God woke us up for yes. that day. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. If I have the title of the message, this is a traditional passage of scripture, but I don't think God is going to speak to us in a traditional way on today. The title of the message would be, He has risen. He has risen. Somebody say, he is risen. In Luke chapter 24, verse 6, the Bible speaks to us. As the writer is recalling in his writings here, an experience that was also important. And it's befitting for the day that we are celebrating on today. The writer here, which we know is Luke, it says in verse 6, he says, He is not here. He is not here. But he, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. He is not here, but he is risen, my friend. He is risen. He is risen. And see, here we know that Luke is recalling and he's speaking uh, here to us from the standpoint of Jesus having went through the death, the burial, and here we see the resurrection. If you back up to verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, here he's writing right after he had been buried in the tomb. Most of us know the story. It says very early in the morning, they, who was they? It was certain other women 
uh, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. They, meaning Mary, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, is who he was speaking of, and other women. They came to the tomb early on this third day. We know as a representation of that which is uh, today. But they found, look at verse 2, it says, but they found the stone, the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and, and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them. Come on, somebody. In shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, the men said to them, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but is risen. He is not here, but is risen, my friend. And this speaks to exactly what God is, is, is trying to impart to each and every one of us. We need to know that Jesus is risen, my friend. Yes. And we need not only to know that he is risen, but the purpose of his resurrection. Glory be to God. And see, when you begin to speak of the purpose of the resurrection, I know for us, uh, from a traditional standpoint, and this is what hurts my heart so much, uh, where I am today, not, it ain't always hurting my heart because I ain't always know what I, what I know that God has imparted today or uh, in my heart today. And, and that is the fact that we live as believers. I ain't even talking about the world. But do we know what we're living for is really what it boils down to. Do we know what we're living for? And see, in the understanding of he is risen, and this is what the, uh, the, the two angels of the two men is saying to, to, to Mary and to Joanna and to Mary, the mother uh, of James and, and other, the other women that was, had got up early this, uh, that morning. He's saying, what are you looking for? The living amongst the dead. He is not here, but he is risen. He is risen. And God wants to speak to our hearts today to, to, to remind us that he is risen, my friend. And in this Christian walk, he had, there's a reason and a purpose to his resurrection. And that reason and that purpose to his resurrection, we got to look at what, it, what this is all about. First and foremost, the problem with the understanding that we have of the resurrection is that it's about us. That it's about us. And I get it. I understand it. Just as the testimony has went forth, I get it and I understand it because we are, are, are people of the flesh. You know, I understand me and I know what, what, what I need. I know what I desire. I know what I want. And I know that uh, being, you know, born into this flesh, as the Bible says, that we are born into sin and shaped in iniquity. I know what that has endowed and injected in me. I realize that today how it has corrupted me, my friend. And it, it has corrupted me to a place of self. I, don't, I ain't going to talk about you, but I'm talking about me. It's corrupted me to a place of self. So when things you know, is happening or when, when situations is going on, yeah, it ain't no surprise to, uh, to me that I think of me. How it affects me. How, whether or not it benefits me. Come on, somebody. And so yet it's not, it has not been or it, come, it has come to the place where now it's not a surprise to me that even when I thought of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that I thought of it first and foremost, what did it do for me? And then to go along with that, every time I went to the church, the, I, I heard them teaching, I heard them preaching, and, and I won't say that they actually said it, but I was led to believe, my friend, that it was somehow about me. That it was important for me to understand my benefits. See, I get that when you get hired on a new job, Jeffrey, that it's important to know and understand the benefits. But when it comes to spiritual things, my friend, your benefits is not the most important thing about the job. 
Come on. It's not the most important thing of the job. What I came to understand about the resurrection that it wasn't about me and the benefits that I get first and foremost and above all things at all. But it was about God getting what he wanted. Come on somebody. It was about the Father getting what he wanted. So now, then it dawned on me and it brought back to my memories when the Bible speaks of the fact that, that uh, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, that he was raised to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Meaning that he was raised to the glory of the Father. That he was raised to the satisfaction of the Father. That he wasn't raised to my glory. That he wasn't raised to your glory, first and foremost and above all things, but he was raised to the glory of the Father. So the resurrection, my friend, is what it did for God. Come on, he just wants to set some things in order. And I know, and I said this to somebody earlier, you know, I know when we've lived and walked in a certain thing for 30 and 40 years or for a long time, to even when God uh, uh, speaks truth and we know it and we actually hear it, know it, and even receive the truth, Gary, sometimes it takes us a while to make that transition. If we ain't careful even hearing, knowing it, and receiving the truth today, that tomorrow we'll be right back what we've been operating in 30 years. You have to fight and press through to get over this hurdle, my friend. It, it took you 30 years to get to that place, not, not all the time. When you overcome, or, or you overcome, but not all the time when you learn how to walk again. Yes. Or do the new walk. In a half a day. And God is saying to you right now, my friend, I know that you've always understood and always believed in the resurrection. And, 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 and without even thinking about it, you the, the first thing that came to your heart or your mind when you even thought about it was how it benefited you and it even caused you to say praise the Lord glory be to God and yes while all of that is appropriate what we fail to, to praise him about or what we fail to thank him about is God you satisfy you hallelujah and the fact that you were satisfied is the only reason why I have any benefits It's the only reason why I have any benefits. And I'm telling you, my friends, as thin of a line as it may seem. And it is a thin line. But it's a, a, a very and most important line. Because when you are on this side of the line, as thin as it is, it takes you in a direction. And when you're on this side of the line, it puts you on a road that leads into uh, ultimately another direction. Your destination ends up somewhere else, my friend. And the thing about it is when we, while that line is so thin, anytime that we don't really understand and put the things in proper order, come on, somebody say order. Then what happens is it's almost, a, it's, a, it's like they told me about an airplane. If you set the coordinates off just even a tad bit, and you travel 3,000 miles, you're going to be uh, two, two or 400 miles away from your destination, my friend. Yes. But it was only off a little bit. But it takes you, ultimately, you land in a direction that is far away from the destination. And just as thin as that line is, it, it, it's significant to our understanding and, and to our, our getting it. The resurrection is about Jesus satisfying God the Father. And glory be to God that God was satisfied because if he, if there was no satisfaction for the Father, see now, now we're back at that place because we all can understand that if God wasn't satisfied, hallelujah, then there's no benefit. There's no benefit for the worker. That's you and me. Glory be to God. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to uh, come back here. But Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah.
Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. As you get there, we must understand the blood of Christ Jesus. What it did, it satisfied God. And God is the one that needed to be satisfied. We understand in reconciliation it takes appropriation. Appropriation, what that means is that God is satisfied. It's in, in short term. That God is satisfied. In verse 19 of verse oh, chapter 1 in, in Colossians it says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of the cross. See we were at a place without peace with God my friends. And there needed to be something that will bring peace. Peace to who? You didn't even know that you was not without peace. So it wasn't bringing peace to you or me. But it was bringing peace unto God. The blood. The blood of Christ Jesus is what accomplished that. Mankind was separated from God because of sin. And had no acceptable offer to satisfy it. Had no acceptable offer to satisfy the demand of God, the holy demand of God. Yeah. God sent Christ to provide an acceptable sacrifice for sin, my friends. Establishing a bond with those who re receive him, therefore, thereby making peace. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. It was specifically the blood of Christ Jesus shed on that cross established a peace bond and a covenant with those who received him and provided the means for all of creation to be reconciled back to God so if you can't see it here I don't know how other way to explain it to you my friend the peace that we needed with God didn't come because of our satisfaction it came by God being satisfied. Yes. And see, every time when you listen to the ministry of Jesus Christ, you know, you heard him say over and over again, I came to do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. I only say what the Father tells me to say. See, he was in tune with the Father even here, and he knew what he had came for. He didn't say, I came to do the will of man. But he came to do the will of his father. Glory be to God. And see, why is this so important? I'm going to tell you why it's so important. It's so important because of this. It's because without this understanding, then it leaves us, the church, the body of Christ, pretty much in a state as much as the church is now. It leaves us in this place where we have all of these expectations of God. And no willingness to walk in full obedience to God. And see, and, and, and what this has done from generation to generation, it, it, it ain't this just started today. This has been going on for a long time. And for many of us, we some of us have been, been, been so deep in the church that we've been hurt by this very same thing because the, one, the same one that told us all of this stuff, then we've seen the manifestation in their lives. And it's been left us stir, stuck at a place looking at God for like what is this and he's looking at us saying the same thing what is this that ain't what I said and I get it because some of us have been at that place you know without our necessarily our choice this is why it's, it's important yes that we study to show ourselves approved but what about when you at this place where you you, you know, you're so destitute, so hurt, or incapable, even at a young age, that, 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 it, that it takes somebody to bring you in and, and to put you under their wings and do all of these different things to show you who God is. 
But truly underneath that, and not necessarily because they was doing it on purpose, but because of the thin line and understanding that they you know that the resurrection was more what was more important about the resurrection was the benefits. See, when you put the benefits before anything else, then guess what? You're gonna always be looking for in everything that you ask to do. That's right. Is what what how does it benefit me? Well, when the boss hires you, he ain't looking just to hire you for how it benefits you. He needs you to do something, to be some kind of vessel that is going to do something for the company. Yeah, he may dangle this piece before you to get you on the job. But you can best believe that's exactly what it is. It's a carrot that's being dangled to, to get you on the job. Now, it ain't about you no more. It's about him. You see, it works the opposite in the spiritual things. See, God don't dangle no carrot. He wants to bring you in. Glory be to God. And when he gets you in, then he wants you to have an understanding. Because if you had the understanding coming in that it was about him, then now he can benefit you. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Because then now you ain't going to get off track in any benefits that he may be able to give to you. You become a trustworthy vessel now. Because you knew coming in the door that it wasn't about me. It was about the Almighty God. Come on, somebody. And this is a problem, my friend. And I understand it. This is the reason why we can come to church and, 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 pay, and give a few dollars or spend a little time and think that we did God some service. When this is truly about God. Whether you show up and give a few dollars or, or, or any time, but the God service that he wants to do, he's going to do to it, it ain't going to be in here, my friends, quite often. It's going to be on your job. It's going to be in your household. It's going to be in your everyday life where you begin to live for him for real. And guess who going to know it first? It ain't going to just be your neighbor at your job or your neighbor next to your house. Who's going to know it first is you going to know it. You going to know it. But I've given my life away for you to use. See, we sing the song, and this is what we try to do. And the song you try to do it, you ain't going to never do it. See, what, how, how you know that you're giving your life away is one day you wake up and you realize you don't have your life no more. And how you recognize that you don't have it is because the desire within you ain't burning for your benefit, but it's burning for the work of the kingdom. Glory be to God. He is risen, my friend. And this is the purpose why he is risen. God raised him from the dead. Yes, it's going to save us and open creation, a reconciliation for every one of us. It ain't no doubt about that. But the reason why God raised him from the dead is to satisfy God. That man can have peace. That I can give him peace. That I can break down the walls of separation and allow him back into my sheepfold. He didn't die on the cross for you to be able to come across at, uh, the sheep forward for you. See, and this is what the thin line is. is and this so, such a thin line. This is that because we don't have the clear understanding. So even knowing that Jesus died and, and, and his blood satisfied God and he saved us, it'll leave us at a place if we ain't careful to think that now uh -oh. I got to do something. Uh -oh. Okay, come on. Yeah. Come on. In order to keep the salvation. In order to not even just keep it, Todd, but to even to go forward and prove to God, yeah, I, 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 to earn it, to show God that I deserved it. How are you kidding me? Come on, man. See, and this could be this is the motivation of many in the church while they serve the way they serve. Not because of God working in their life and calling them to a service that He is directing. No, they servicing and they work in a direction that to prove to God, and they won't say the words. And I won't say the words. I didn't say the words when I was doing it. All right. And truly didn't know until God set me down and said, "Let me speak to you, son, for a minute. And I need to talk to you, and I don't need you to say a word. Shut up. Hear me. See, in much of our communication with God, we're talking so much that we can't hear Him." And when he sat me down and said, shut up, my friend, then, uh, and he said it in a loving way. I've never had somebody tell me, shut up, in such a way that was so loving that I was able to receive. But God can do that. And he got my attention, and he says, let me explain to you something. That 
which I've accepted. That, that price that my son paid, he didn't pay it for you, he paid it for me. And yes, you became a benefactor as a result of me accepting it. See, come on somebody. Somebody's going to be mad right now. I understand. Because I was too. What do you mean you didn't do it for me? That's all I heard all my life. He did it for me. He did it for me. Just for me, even. There's a song that says he did it just for me. I don't know about you, but he did it just for me. No, he said I did it just for me. And I ain't talking about me, he's talking about him. And see, and when that rang a bell deep in my heart, Jeffrey, then I, it somehow, supernaturally, I began to get an understanding. It pricked my heart in a way to realize that this is about God. He did it for himself, and yes, I can uh, glorify him for it, and I can be satisfied in the benefits. So it don't bring no, it don't come without satisfaction about the benefit. As a matter of fact, what it did, it helped me to honor the benefit. See, because then I knew that I didn't deserve it. I knew that I couldn't do nothing afterwards to prove that I deserved it, my friend. And God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us because many of us, that uh, is a part of our motivation. And, and, and we've got it honestly because this is what we've been led to believe. That now you got to do something. We make light of the blood of Christ Jesus. And see, this works on both sides, so it ain't just on one side. Because what I hear already is what the Romans chapter 6 verse 1 already addressed. Because, well, if that's the case, and I ain't got to prove nothing, then who, which one of us, is not going to move forward? Continuing to sin, Gary, grace may abound. Well, the Bible says, God forbid. Because see, here is the thing, my friend, is that you understand, if you understand, the grace and the mercy of the blood of Christ Jesus and what was accomplished in that, glory be to God. Then what you're going to see is the love of God that was in Christ Jesus. And that love right there is something that can draw more than anything else. It can draw more than me offering you a dime. True love. The love of God that's in Christ Jesus when we see that, when we get connected and when that touches the depths of our heart my friend, what ends up happening then is that there only one thing can come forth from that and that is honor. That is honor. See when somebody that really done something from the, and you, and you feel that it's from the depths of their heart. You don't have the first thing that springs up in, in, in front of you, even if you are user and abuser all your days. When you knew somebody done something that was from the bottom of their heart, the, one of the things, a strong thing came in your spirit to honor that. To honor that. I don't care what you say, think about it. There was some part of honor that you were compelled to. Now whether you did it or not is a whole different story. But I'm talking about the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, my friend. It will compel you to honor. But if we only see the blood as a benefit, we are missing the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We are missing what he said so very simply that we repeat all the time that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We don't even know what that means when you don't understand when we are not allowing the love of God to be shown in our lives or demonstrated to us in, in, in this full way. Because what the love of God, when you realize, as the Bible says, that you know, in receiving him that he moved us from the darkness, out of the darkness, into the marvelous light. See, this darkness wasn't no place that you could move yourself. See, even when we sing the song, yo, to some of us it don't take a full effect because when it says that, oh, he changed me. It don't take full effect because some of us, we think that we changed ourselves and with a little bit of help from God. But when you understand that he, you didn't have nothing to do with it and that it was God who changed you. I'm talking about God and God himself. Now I'm talking about a full understanding that. And that's a, that's, a, that's a job. Because we 
were born, we've been injected. We, what we know first is to do something, to be competitive, that we gotta compete, that we gotta do something. So even when we think we understand this, we don't understand it, my friend. Because we'll give God this much glory. And even though we ain't giving ourselves no glory, quote unquote, we still know deep in our heart that, you know, oh, I have to do it. And if we listen to what we say when we share it with others, then you'll hear it yourself from yourself. Even though you start out with glory be to God, and then everything else, all of it is about what I did. That's the first indication. And, 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 and don't misunderstand me, I get it. This is something that we all have to strive to just the knowledge of truth. This is what he said when he said that I, what, what he would, that we all come to a knowledge of truth, my friend. Yes. Yes. Amen. And that knowledge of truth brings us to a place of understanding that we don't live for ourselves. That it was him who God raised from the dead and he raised him from the dead to satisfy him that he may even open the gates of peace that we may even have the opportunity to come in. And in that reconciliation, that gate being open for reconciliation, that it was God through Christ Jesus that he died. Yeah. Not for, for himself, but he died for, for God. I mean, excuse me, for you. Unto the Father. Yeah. Father, is there any other way that this cup can pass from me? Because see, death is a full separation from God when you dying with the sins of the world on your back. When you are carrying the weight of all the sin of the world, glory be to God. When you are dying, when, when you die with the weight of all the sin of the world, it takes you to this place of separation. So when he says, Father, is there any way that this cup can pass from me? The first time, the second time, and even the third time. It wasn't the death, it wasn't the beating, it wasn't the, the, the crucifixion in and of itself. It was the separation from God the Father, something that he had never experienced in all eternity. All eternity. And along with that, knowing that in being separated from God, that he don't have the power that he once had being connected to God. That for that moment that he would have to fully and uh, completely trust that when I go to this place, I can't raise myself up, glory be to God. That's why you hear the word of God says that God raised him from the dead. Yes. Hallelujah. So we're talking about trusting in God. Jesus had to trust him in a way that none of us will ever experience. We're talking about trusting God with our life. He had to trust him with the real life. All of life. Hallelujah. Jesus. And he could do that. Why could he do that? One of the reasons why he could do it is because he knew that it wasn't about what he wanted. He knew it was about what God wanted. And he knew that he was dying because of what God wanted. So what God wanted, if he just did the thing, there's no way that his father would leave him separated from him. Glory be to God. He trusted him enough. And see, and God wants to speak a word right there to some of us. See, some of us, we don't know that what we, what's happening in our lives, that we got to know that it's what God wants for our lives. Because see, when you know that it's what God wants for your life, then you don't have to worry about trusting him. You, then you can trust him fully because that, if you just do the thing that he's asking, then he's going to do what he wants. He's going to finish the work that he wants. The reason why we have trouble trusting him sometimes is because we're trying to get him to do what we want. Come on, think about it. Just for a moment, God wants to bring some deliverance today, my friend. With, with truth. With no deception. With the unadulterated truth. And yes, we don't always have a problem trusting God. And you should. When you're trying to get him to accomplish your will. Come on. What you want. You will never have a problem trusting God. When you are allowing him to do with your life what he wants. His will. 
See, this is what a, giving myself away. Now, what giving myself away can, can mean to us now. Is that not my will? Oh, come on, somebody. But your will be done. See, do you remember that? This is why ultimately Jesus could say, okay, I'm cool with it. Because I realized today, yes, Lord, if there's any other way. But not my way. But your will be done. Your will. And he's, he was fine with it. So when he got to thinking about the separation, he said, it ain't my will. I ain't got to trust in my will that God is going to do my will. Oh, it was his will from the beginning for me to do this. And he it's his will to raise me up. So I ain't got to be worried about being raised. He is risen. He is risen, my friend. He is risen. And because he's risen, we live. Because he is living, we, because he is risen, we live. And let us close right here. So what life are you living? If you understand that he is risen, then we're talking about the most important thing known to mankind. Is why we live and what we're living for. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Somebody already knew it. Second Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 15 it says, He died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and, raised, and was raised again. He died for all. We know that he died for the sins of all. That, that, somebody say that. That those who live, who is those who live? If he died for all of them, everybody is walking around here. But those who live is those who have received this peace through the blood of Christ Jesus, who have received him. That's you and me. Those who live should no longer live for your, themselves. So if you have received him, then your life is not your own. You are not to live no longer for yourself, but for him who died for you and rose again. This is what our life is. This is the reason why I can say with full assurance and confidence to you, my friend, that if you are here even one more day after you receive Christ Jesus, then you're here for one reason and one reason only. And it ain't for yourself. It is for him to use you for the rest of your stay here. And this is worth all the consideration in the world, my friend. Because the Bible tells me that just as he lives and he is risen from the dead and he is Lord, Amen. that every knee shall bow under heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, my friend. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. And it ain't and him being Lord ain't because you made him the Lord of your life. Oh, that's a joke. No, him being Lord is because God says he's Lord. Him being Lord is because of what Colossians chapter 3 says that, that you know, in there that, that God has given him the well, matter of fact, Colossians chapter 1, right where we read, that God has given him authority over all things. And it was in him all things were created. And it was through him that all things would be fulfilled. Glory be to God. He is Lord. He is risen and he is Lord. Amen. And I know that the pride of man, and, and you know, I liked it when I felt a little bit, uh, you know, when I hear that he is Lord, that he's risen and he is Lord. I liked it when I, I felt like I contributed to that by making him the Lord of my life. Like I made him the Lord of my life. My friends, there's none of us that he is Lord of our lives. Without him drawing us. Yeah, 
that God had to draw for you to even be the vessel for him for him to be your Lord you have to be drawn and if you understand today that you love the Lord and, and, and he is the Lord of your life then understand this that you first and foremost didn't have anything to do with that he did that and it's only and why do I have to say that first and foremost because here again that thin line all of this stuff is either on one side or the other all of it is either going to promote you or going to promote God Excuse me, all of us going to promote you or put God in his right place in your life, in your understanding. Yes. And today God is wanting to speak to somebody's heart. Not because you don't believe in him. Not because you don't love him, but he wants to speak to your heart and give you an understanding that is going to secure you and give you what you need for the rest of your days, my friend. about for the rest of your days that's going to give you the understanding that's going to give you peace that's going to allow you to redeem the time come on somebody says so the bible says that the, the time is getting short my friend and we for most of us don't have our journey behind us is is, is a lot uh, sh uh shorter what's before us and it behooves us to receive the word of god and redeem the time there's no more time for us to get caught up and sidetracked by the tricks of the enemy and the lie of, 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 of Satan himself. Whether he's using children, family, friends, enemies, it don't matter. Yes. We don't have time for that. That is not what we're living for. Come on. And God is knocking on the door of every one of our hearts. I said everyone. That includes me. It don't matter where we are today. God is saying, I need you to come to the next level. I need you to understand the value of the time that you have left here, my friend. That in me, that you can redeem the time. Because the word of God said, there is a time, Jesus said himself, that there is a time that, that no man can work. And he knew that about himself. When he said it, it was about himself. But I believe he was speaking to me some kind of way, somehow. He says, I got to work while it's still day. Because there's coming a time where no man can work. There's a time coming, my friend, that none of us can work. And if we're going to stay sidetracked by the things that we want to accomplish in this life, whether that's good, we won't even talk about bad because for, I know your heart. I know your heart. It's the same thing Jesus said to the church. I know your heart. And what he was saying is, I know that your heart is good. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the church of Pergamos. Uh, that I know your heart is good. That you believe in me and that you are followers of me. But I have one thing against you. And that is that you have allowed the, the, the doctrine of Balaam to take up residence in the church. Meaning what? That you have allowed, that, that you, even though you follow me, you believe in me to the fullest and you follow me, but what you did was you compromised and you said it's okay. You thought inclusion was all right in the church. God says, not, no, not so. Yes. You thought tolerance was okay. So that's why you let all the idols in, the idol worshipers, and you let all of these people around you. And guess what? Yes. The doctrine of Balaam kicked in. Come on. And that means if we can't do what? If we can't uh, curse them, then do what? Corrupt them. Seduce them into corruption. We hang around them enough and they see us, you know, uh, you know eating food that has been offered up to idols. It's going to be too much for them to resist. We, we fought around them, you know, in a way for so long, it's going to be too much. Their level of integrity for immorality, we're going to corrupt it through seduction. There's one thing I have against you. And God is calling us. And, and now, the church. We want to act like that's the church of old. That's the church of today. Even the more so, my friends. A church of today. And that church ain't this building. That church is you and me. What's operating in our hearts. And I'm going to tell you the truth, my friend, that this seduction is so strong 
that it cannot be defeated. It cannot be defeated. But one way. And that ain't to fight against it. It ain't to resist it. It's to allow the spirit of the living God to live in here. It's allowed the understanding of what the resurrection is, what God is, all of these things. That if we don't understand that this is about him, then we can't fight. There's no fight. That we can fight. That we'll beat this. I don't care how strong you are, how dedicated you are, how, uh, you know, man, made up in your mind that you are. You don't have the weapon to fight it. No matter how much your determination is. There's only one way. And that is to allow the spirit of the living God to feel you that there's no room for seduction. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. There's coming a day that every knee is going to bow, my friend. Including yours and mine. And the good news for us is ours is going to bow luckily, uh, readily. But there's some that is going to bow and it ain't going to be because they wanted to. It's going to be because they're going to finally see who God is. They're going to see him for themselves. And their knees will buckle, Gary. It's going to buckle. And it ain't going to be because they got an AK-47 stuck to their head. It's going to be because they see him for who he is. We have that opportunity to see him for who he is right now and allow him to be the Lord of your life. Will you receive him today? Yes. Will you receive him? Will you allow him to be the Lord of your life? I ain't talking about just being a believer. But I'm talking about him being the lead of your life for the rest of your stay here. I'm talking about you understanding that this is not about you, but this is about the kingdom of God. And that every day, every day, Somebody say every day. every day. Every day that he wakes you up. That the most important thing under the sun is not anything that we have to accomplish, but it's what he wants to do through your life. Amen. And there ain't no days off for that. There's no days off for that. Even, you know, we can take days off in the natural and be on vacation, but it ain't no day off that God wakes you up and he don't want to use you, my friend. That he don't have something planned. And this use of you don't have nothing to do with you. You don't qualify. We don't qualify. You can't go to school enough. You can't pray enough. You can't get ready enough. You can't put up enough makeup. You can't get ready for this. What qualifies you is the spirit of God having free reign in you. Yes. It's like a dead puppet. See, a puppet can't move on its own. It takes a puppet master to move it. That's what it is. So let us look to the Lord right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you.